Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Kennedy Botanicals and Libsyn. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. And before we get into this episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, I want to thank everybody that has been sharing this podcast in your Insta stories. You know, every time I log into Instagram, I see a new post on the Insta stories and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. So thank you to everybody that's been sharing it out to uh, all your friends. And anyway, on that note, this is episode 396 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you may be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is all about showcasing the awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, really anyone who might have a cool story to share. And we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio that's located way in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. And not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. So stop on in, check this place out, and maybe grab a t-shirt while you're here. And who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we are joined by Moses and Canyon from the local Salt Lake City band Folk Hogan, who is an amazing band, by the way. Love these guys. So great. This was a fun conversation that we had, and we were able to talk about their brand new album, some of their funny band tour stories, and how they sold out their upcoming show at Urban Lounge. And we're going to be getting into that in just a few minutes. Before we get into that conversation with Moses and Canyon, I want to give love to one of our awesome sponsors, Kennedy Botanicals. Now remember, every time you support one of our show sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast. So support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. Did you know that CBD is now legal and can be used in all 50 states? Kennedy Botanicals is your one-stop shop for all your CBD needs. Kennedy Botanicals offer 100% organic CBD in capsules, tinctures, pain gel roller, and they even offer CBD treats for your furry friends. I personally use CBD for my anxiety. You know, it's great. A couple of drops under your tongue, you're good for the day. And when I want to sleep really good, a couple of drops under my tongue before bed, I am sleeping like a baby. And there's other health benefits from CBD that include depression, anxiety, epilepsy, muscle spasms, insomnia, chronic pain, Parkinson's disease, reduced inflammation, and it even helps acne. Wow. Hey, Kennedy Botanicals is a local family-owned and operated business, and they really focus on educating you in the CBD world. They believe that educating yourself on CBD is only going to better arm you for what CBD is capable of doing. Kennedy Botanicals provides quality CBD products at an affordable price. Go visit their website, kennedybotanicals.com, and learn more about their CBD products. Again, that website is kennedybotanicals.com. Go support them and support the podcast. All right. And on that note, let's get into that conversation with Moses and Canyon when they came over to our podcast studio 
and we got to talk about everything that Folk Hogan's been up to since the last time they've been on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. I'll start off here. I want to start off with a little bit of a story before we get to talking. We yeah. have Moses and Canyon here. So I, I wrote down kind of a little bit of the timeline of Folk Hogan and then you guys on the podcast. So episode 25 was the first time we had the entire band, Folk Hogan, different members than who's even in there now. I still remember it. I mean, it was, I, I didn't even know what I was doing with podcasting. Then episode 78, we had Moses, which that was at your like guitar shop yep. that yeah. we did that. And they tore that building down. Mm-hmm. Which is where, is that same building that you had us on episode yep. 25. Exactly. Exactly. And then episode 133, Canyon. Yeah. And then 157, this is a special episode. And this is why I kind of wanted to bring this up before we got into talking. So- I was on hiatus with this podcast. Nick was reaching out to me. He was like, come on, come on. We got to bring Folk Hogan back on the show. You got to bring the podcast back, even if it's just for one episode. So you guys kind of brought I Am Salt Lake back for a little bit, which even makes it cooler because August is the seven year anniversary of this podcast. So there's a lot of like specialness in this. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, I maybe it. I won't you, include you that in the podcast. I, podcast. I, no. Take it. I'll take a landmark. No, it's funny because. When you had us on the first time, very much we were still very bootstrap, like figuring things out. Yeah, uh, we had a different banjo player and a different drummer at the time, and that was super, super early in our band. And then by the second time, you were coming back, and we were just about to release the second album. How many years ago and was that? Because it's been four years since you've had an album. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right yeah. there. In the, hold on one second. Uh oh. I broke it. it. It's a very directional microphone, Canyon. I'm just going to go into the pocket. It is a car. No, you're good. You're, you're good. <laughs> just you're talking good. your deep uh, But yeah, man. So it's been four years since you've released an album. Yeah. Unfortunately. Weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Why, why did it take so long? That's a great... We've been super busy in different ways. We've been accomplishing... Trying to accomplish all this other stuff of getting out more, doing more shows in other places. Growing and, up in general. Yeah. yeah. I'd so, say we've aged quite a bit in those four years, and I think the music shows it. Oh, it absolutely does. So, so the new album, when is that coming out? When August 31st. August 31st. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. I mean, how many tracks, the name? Uh, let's brag a little What's bit. What's your yeah. favorite song? Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many questions. The album is called Behold, Folk Hogan. <laughs> and that's how you have to say it. It has to go Behold first. Sure. Behold. It's like... Jesus. Dramatic pause. Yeah, dramatic Folk pause. Hogan. So it's uh, 10 tracks and they vary quite a bit. There's some songs that would fit really well on our first album that are very much like kind of bar, happy, jaunty tunes. Yeah. And then there's dark, heavy, serious songs that would fit really well on our second album. But the difference is that the songs are just a little bit more thought out. They're a little bit more in depth. I When we release the second album, I used to tell people all the time, the first album, we were figuring out how to play our instruments. Yeah. The second album, we had figured out how to play our instruments and we were getting used to them. And now it's like, we're still figuring out how to play our instruments seven years later, but <laughs> but now we've figured out how to write music on them. So, yep. so it just, it seems like everything's a little bit more thought out for everything we do. You've matured as a band. Really. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, like you said, I think Canyon even mentioned that. So how, I wasn't going to do this, but let's do a quick history lesson mm-hmm. of Folk Hogan for yeah. people that don't know the band, people that haven't listened to the other episodes. Yeah. So Each wh- of us was forged in the foundries of hell. 
So. <laughs> no, so I was asking you, Moses, yeah. when you when you first came in, I was like, well, how did you guys decide on the two of you? And yeah. you mentioned that the two of you were kind of the founding members yeah. of the band, or is so that safe to say? It started in May of 1999 when uh, there was a really annoying kid at school that I could not stand, and I missed the bus, <laughs> and I needed a ride home, and he lived a block away from me. So I was like, yeah, I'll take a ride home for you. <laughs> And then we got in his car and his dad, Larry, the subject of many of our songs. Uh, but I have to tell you, I was, I was also going home early that day from school. We, you, no, you because had already... I ripped my pants from the crotch to the knee. <laughs> like, how old were you? 14. Yeah, we were 14. 14. Oh, wow. okay. 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. So we got in the car. Larry didn't say anything. And Canyon, his typical self is just yammering on and on and on and on and annoying the hell out of me. And at a certain point, he looks back and he's like, oh, I forgot to even tell you, I had to go home early today because I had to get a different pair of pants because I ripped the crotch out of my pants. And it, what's crazy, I don't even know how I did it. Like, I didn't do anything weird, which knowing him, he was probably trying to do high kicks or something. And Larry, silent for the previous five minutes, just suddenly pipes up with, I know what happened. Spontaneous erection. <laughs> And I'd never heard an adult say something like that. And so I was just like, whoa. You just thought it was like, I need to hang out with this guy. His dad's awesome. So so (laughs) then I lightened up a lot and uh, Kenny and I became best friends and we started playing music together pretty much immediately. And then uh, we moved all over the place separately. And then in 2010, August of 2010, we were both moved back to Salt Lake and he, we were riding in my car one day and he was like, hey, let's start a new band. And I was like, I don't want to play guitar and you play bass and keys. That doesn't make any sense. We've done that a million times. Let's do something different. And he was like, what kind of different? And I was like, I don't know. Get your dad's accordion and I'll get my mandolin. And, and neither one and of then, you knew how to play either one no, of those instruments. No, no. I had, I had played mandolin very briefly in a band called Devil's Country. Uh, but I was absolutely a beginner. And so that was as far as I thought it was going to go. And he showed up at my house three days later with an accordion and we started writing music. The funny thing is Larry actually called me unprovoked and he's like, do you want my accordion? I'm too old to pick it up anymore because it was a 40 pound accordion. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Send it my way. And that's it just happened to be like the day after we had that conversation. <laughs> so like re- fate. Re- remind me, Canyon, you, you never even took lessons, accordion lessons, right? No, it's just genetic memory. Wow. Yeah. Did it's you just learn by watching your dad and watching I, weird I, I just I didn't even watch him that much. Larry refused to teach me music because he thought it was a terrible career path and he was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just sat on my porch and played accordion for eight hours a day for six months. Wow. Because like I worked two days a week maybe and just just practice. Just practice. Man, watching you rock out on the accordion, I'm like, I've never seen that before. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's not easy. His accordion now is a lot lighter, but that old accordion was 33 pounds when he first got it. And so jumping around pounds. on stage with it was like this. Was the hardest thing. Extremely Good laborious thing. And then Nick, and then you have Curtis. In... Yeah, Curtis is our drummer. Cameron plays banjo and Jared plays bass. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to give credit to the other yeah. people. So Nick oh, yeah. and Jared were the next longest in the band. Yeah, and then yeah Curtis they've been there and since Cameron. the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Really? They, the we Once we had some songs down, our friend Tanner that was a banjo player... We asked him to come jam with us, and he showed up and was like, I thought you had a guitar player. And we were like, well, we did, but we fired him. So he now we don't out. have a guitar player. And uh, and he was like, well, I know someone. And he called Nick, and then 
I worked with Jared and Jared joined us shortly after that. And that was the beginning. And then Curtis actually, even though Curtis joined the band a little bit later, he started playing with us before our first album release. Even. Okay. Uh, Cause our first drummer left the band and we had people fill in. He did a bunch of fill in shows for us. So he's been in the band a year longer than he's officially been in the band. So very cool. And then Cameron came nine months later. As they say. What's the secret? <laughs> you guys seem to do so well together. A lot of bands don't have that kind of luck. Yeah. What's the secret? There's I, six of us. I think there's there's a couple things happening. And I don't know if this is the most important, but we're kind of a socialist band. We took money out of the equation, so nobody's getting paid. The band builds like a company budget does. So there's that greed is out of the question, basically. And so... After that, we're basically just brother husbands. Yeah, it takes a lot of the resentment out of it. Yes. Like for most bands, you pay out after a show, everyone gets paid. And then when it comes time to record, not everyone has the money to put in or mm-hmm. go on tour or fix the van or, or do anything. Pay not everyone rent, has the so insurance. Then, so then a lot of times there's this intrinsic issue of like, oh, well, I'm the one that's paying for the recording. So I should be getting the money from the albums that we sell. And it immediately becomes this issue with everyone. Uh, and people feel like they're not getting what it's worth, what they're worth. And it gets ugly. And so when we first started, Nick was just like, I got an idea. Let's keep all the money in the band. And then none of us ever have to take money out of our pockets. And that seems like pretty intuitive, but that's so different from how bands typically work that it was like, yeah. it's I, brilliant. I, I'd recommend it for, for every band because yeah. now we're an LLC. We've been together for 10 years almost like, yeah, yeah. as a band, that's kind of hard to do these days. That's incredibly hard to do. I mean, even like the amount of personalities yeah. that you guys have all together all yeah, the time. I think being six of us, it, it also is a lot easier to diffuse a situation. If you're feuding with one person, there's four other people you can just go talk to and be like, just under your breath, upset. And everyone understands like, yeah, some days you just can't stand somebody for some reason, especially when you're on the road and you're together 24 hours a day. The idiosyncrasies that everyone have can really get to you. When it was time to record this new album, I Mm -hmm. mean, you just, you had the band funds. You didn't even have to worry about going into your own. Yeah. In fact, when we were recording the second album, in the middle of recording, the engine blew up on our van. I think and, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That would have been crippling to any band. And because we had saved all our money, it was like, okay, uh, let's buy a new engine. And then we'll have the van back and continue recording. And it was fine. I, I think a lot of bands can uh, can uh, learn from, from oh, that. for uh, sure. It, it's hard to do it that way, but you need, you need the dedication. Like, we do this because we love it. And that's first and foremost, that time you put in, you're not necessarily getting enough financial backing would you, at any point. I mean, at some point. Would you like to get yeah. to the point, though, where the band is paying? Absolutely. I mean, the, I, I guess that's a goal. dumb question because yeah. I, that that would seem like the goal. Yes, the concept is a dumb question. question. So I think once uh, once Folk Hogan breaks, you know, 100000 a month, we'll start paying ourselves out. <laughs> Probably. What was the deal with that music <laughs> video? I, I, which my one? mind which went one? blank. Oh, with, uh, or I just, it just popped in my head. Yeah, the one which they signed? One? Yeah, you guys like signed, something with Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? Oh, yeah. That, so What so was that? We are officially, we can claim this. And they gave us permission. We are officially a Warner Brothers Band. We are in the Warner f- 
music family. We are in the so. Do they actually family. have any control of your guys's income? That's what's of- cool is they don't have control over literally anything. Yep. They have control over nothing. So, which seems super crazy. Everything you know about how record labels work. Yeah, this is essentially not a record label. We don't have a record deal. We signed a production music deal, which means that we sold them a couple of our songs. And we got money for that sale. We got, uh, we get royalties for how that's used. And then outside of that, we can do anything we want. The only thing that we're beholden to whatsoever is if we get another offer from a different record label, we just have to go and say, yeah, first, beat this. First writer yeah. refusal hmm. is all they get. And we can say no to their deal and, and go the other way. It makes no difference. So, and it's, the music industry is like upside down. I mean, well, not upside, I but think, like yeah. it's completely. I think this is exactly. This yeah. is them. Th- this You're, is a branch. Sorry, this is a branch of Warner Brothers that's trying to figure out how to act in this modern age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and they're they're focused mostly on production music. So TV, movies, commercials, stuff like that is is generally what things get used for. And right. they will take the songs that we sold them and. People may say, hey, we like this track, but what we want is the accordion, the drums, and the guitar. Ditch everything else. And they'll get that track mm-hmm. and use that track that way. And doesn't matter. We still get royalties. So do they use it like in one of those like Dawson's Creek or? or it very well <laughs> could one happen. One of yeah. those, like, we don't know, know what they've done with it. WB- they're not I mean, our songs I mean, anymore. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, can, can you still play those songs? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, not okay. only can we still play them, but we can still get ASCAP revenue from playing them live. Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they even allowed us to put our recording, not the one we did at their studio, they probably would have, but the recording that we did for our album, we put that on our album and they were just like, yeah, go for it. Like if it becomes number one on iTunes, we'll have a different conversation. But right. So it's, it was very contrary to our sort of punk rock DIY attitude to do this deal in the first place. But when they handed us a contract and it was one page and we've read over it, it was like, Oh, we don't even need a lawyer for this. Like this is all yeah, it's very kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah. So it was we still had a lawyer. Like but that. was it, yeah. were you nervous <laughs> at all? Cause I mean, a lot of times again, back to, like you said, your punk rock type roots, right? Like yeah. you worry people are going to think we're selling out. People are going to judge us. Were you worried at all about that? Or you knew deep down inside the, Hey, the contract wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate thing. We didn't, I, I don't think we were really concerned with what anyone thought. thought we just want to yeah. do what's best for us. Sure. And it was Nick really once when we were sitting down really laboring over the decision, he was like, what are we going to do with these songs? Otherwise, how much money are these songs going to make us? Otherwise, this might be an opportunity for us to have a steady income so that we don't have to go play three hour sets, two nights a week and wreck our bodies and minds trying to pull that off all the time. Like this could be a little bit of supplemental income that makes it easier for us to tour. So many people think that selling out, quote unquote, is is terrible. But if it's something like that, it's a yeah. it's a good situation. It allows you guys to have a cushion, yeah. so that you can continue mm. to be creative. Yeah, everything about know? it was an improvement. I don't so, think yeah. there's any way we'd have done the same thing if it was like a three sixty deal and they took fifty percent of our merch sales and no they way. controlled. There's no. no way we'd have signed a yeah. paper like that. Is it getting harder as you're getting older to play music, to get out and play as much as you you want to even play? Because I noticed, like yeah. even myself, right? Like I just, I'm, I'm not as, uh, I'm not a young spring chicken, right? Uh-huh. Like I want to go to bed at midnight versus before I could yeah. go to bed at four Putting or five in the morning, and leaving right? the house sounds exhausting. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, like, is it harder to even, you know, play night after night? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
last year we ran into the problem that I damaged my voice. I remember and, that. Yeah. And yeah. so that's been like out of nowhere. It was just like, well, how do I function now? How does, how does my life work now if this is the new reality? So that was extremely difficult to deal with. And that's just age. It's like, I, I don't go to bed until one o'clock every night because if I go to bed early and get used to that and then play a show and have to get home at two 30, I'm dead for like two days. I can't handle it. So yeah, it totally affects me. I love it. Uh, I think the, you love it too though. Moses. Oh, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't do I it. Will, if I, I will run it. my body ragged doing this until it's not an option anymore. Cause this is just the, the passion path that I've chosen, yeah. I guess. Yeah. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Libsyn. Remember, every time you support one of our show sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast. Hey, people hit me up all the time. They're like, Chris, I want to start a podcast. So I don't know, maybe you're thinking of starting a podcast. Maybe you have a coworker that's thinking of starting a podcast. If you or someone you know, if you're in the process of starting a podcast and you are looking for the best podcast audio host that's out there, go check out Libsyn.com. We've been using Libsyn to host this podcast for the past seven years, and I know that I personally could not be happier. Hey, they make it super easy to set up, and they make it super easy to get your podcast routed to all the podcast players out there like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners, pay attention. Use the promo code Salt Lake, it's all one word, Salt Lake, and you'll get the rest of this month and all of next month free, free hosting at Libsyn.com. Again, promo code is Salt Lake. You'll be supporting this podcast, and you'll get yourself some free podcast hosting while you're at it. Win-win. And of course, many thanks to Libsyn for their support of this podcast. Let's get back into that conversation with Moses and Canyon uh, when they joined us in the podcast studio to talk about everything Folk Hogan. Thanks for listening. I want to talk a little bit more about the the album. We just kind of brushed buy it a little bit in oh, the beginning. Oh, that old thing. The, the, yeah, <laughs> the new album that's coming out. You you have it coming out in a CD CD format, uh-huh. in an LP format, right? The, but yes. the LP is a few months out, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, we'll probably get that in October. My question, um, let's see if I can figure out how to word this. Is it harder to sell physical music, like a CD versus, it seems like nowadays people just want Spotify. Yeah. They just want oh. to uh, to buy it on iTunes. Yeah. And a lot of times they just want one song. We actually yeah. debated whether or not we were even going to print physical albums for this album. Yeah. Because it's it's almost, more of a collector's it's item almost at this a novelty. Point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's crazy. We kind of feel like a lot of the people that do support us by buying albums tend to do it to support us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because they want to buy the album because they can get it on Spotify. And or if they have Apple Music, they can get it that way. Yep, but August 31st, you can get them. In there. But <laughs> it's they in general, people do that kind of stuff just to support us. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. Really yeah, no, it's like, it, you know, how it's a valid concern. Even with the first album, we actually discussed printing USB USB drives, and we were like, if we, if we print a thousand CDs, how many years is it going to take us to sell that? It took five years. And what about like even like a? Yeah, and, no I've seen some bands like a download code or something uh-huh. like so that. So all of our albums include that. a card when okay. you open it yeah. up, and it has a little card. It, it goes to show how long it's been I since I've even bought music yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. we, we I mean, consume music differently. That's, right. that's why so we included it. to think about like what it's like from your guys' perspective now being a music creator. Because like I, I'm on the other end, right? Where I'm just like, yeah, uh-huh. Spotify is great. I can find whatever I want. Right. But like you guys have to completely rethink everything when you want to release a song or an album. I mean, it's it's a yeah. whole different world than it was just like 
five years ago. Yeah, I mean, even the format of releasing an album is starting to become a little anachronistic. I mean, yeah. a lot of musicians are now kind of going to a point where they're releasing singles. And, you know, every once in a while they release an album, but singles are how they are staying fresh in everyone's mind by constantly putting stuff out. It's a weird game that we're playing. I think we're trying to keep up, but also set trends. We're trying to do new stuff, but really focusing on YouTube videos, I think is a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. And like Spotify even is getting a lot of complaints lately. You guys are getting complaints on Spotify or Spotify itself? Spotify itself. And I haven't heard anything it, about that. Like just as far as oh, what? they're charging now. Oh, 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 dare they. oh like for premium yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or I mean, th- it's no secret. There's been a lot of really big name musicians who have resisted putting their music on Spotify. Like Tool, uh, <laughs> except Garth for not Brooks. The Beatles, yeah. yeah. Right? The Beatles weren't on for a very long time. iTunes had um, T Swift totally kibosh them for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they had to change their entire public policy because of Taylor Swift yeah. to get her information on there, and that is why I love T Swift. Yeah, <laughs> she changed the game for all musicians. She demanded that they paid more for per listen. That yeah. is cool. Not just for her, but for everyone. everyone. She wouldn't yeah. put her yeah. music on until yeah. they changed their entire policy. And I think yeah. that's. Awesome. That's using yeah. your clout. That's yeah, so man. cool. That is cool. I, I, I actually had no idea oh, about that. Yeah, that's pretty that, neat. That's a fun yeah. story to look up and then listen yeah. to 1989, start to finish. I like the Ryan Adams version. Me too. I, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. I know that he's kind of a creep, but it's fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> his music's good, though, man. Yeah. His music's good. It's, it's cool. He's a Weinstein now. Everyone hates him. So what was like the most frustrating or hardest part about recording this new album? Any, anything, any interesting stories there you care to share? I mean, my voice was the frustrating thing for me. Why was that? What? Yeah, I damaged my voice last year. And okay, so, so doing vocals is, was just being tortured, basically. It was extremely difficult. Yeah, that would be really challenging. I I used to sing and mm-hmm. I got vocal nodes and oh, I, had, yeah. I couldn't, like you just can't. Is that what happened to you? I didn't get nodules. I had laryngeal edema, so I... The swelling got so bad that they just puffed up and it oh. wouldn't go down. Yeah. And then I had a partial occlusion, which is essentially the precursor to nodes. You guys have gotten out and toured quite a bit, right? You guys yeah. have been out to like even Boston recently. Yeah. I know you guys did Europe, right? Uh, Europe is next month. Oh, yeah. Europe. Yeah. Well, yep. Okay. So let's talk about that actually yeah. before you're going to Europe. So all, all of our European listeners, yeah. right? Ooh, Believe please. it or not, we actually do have some, I, some I, listeners over it, yeah. in it. Europe and yeah. whatnot. We have listeners in Africa. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Big fans in Africa. Yeah, right? You're a big yeah. deal over there. Yeah. What's the like people out of state when they see you and they hear from you, you're from Salt Lake City, Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do people say? Because you probably blow them their minds, right? Like, they don't expect to see a guy with dreadlocks, course, probably. Yeah. And even how many wives hair, do you have? Right? How many wives? I mean, yeah. I mean, is there? Do they say anything more? I mean, I guess that's probably not really. I think most people understand that it's just a place. Just a place. You know, yeah. I you don't get haggled. We, we try not, not a lot. In general, we try not to. uh market ourselves as like as a, Salt, Lake as a Salt Lake local band because we're above that. No, we're just, <laughs> we're trying to be timeless and perfect. No, so, I got you. Uh, no, when we go out of state, people don't know where we're from. It's not on like our shirts. They either like the music or they don't. So It's on some of our shirts. But Any memorable shows out, outside of state, out of uh, Utah that you care to share? Any fun oh, tour man. stories? There's been some fantastic shows out of state. A memorable one. We played this festival in Montana outside of Missoula called the Bearmouth Music Festival. And we uh, were on the main stage right before Heartless Bastards. Is that who it was? When, before we played, we went through the campground, 
handing out stickers and pins and shot glasses and saying like, hey, we're playing at the main stage at this time. Come over, check it out. So by the time we got to the main stage, there was a much bigger crowd than there had been pretty much all day. And they fulfilled our rider, which was just a bottle of whiskey. And, <laughs> and we went on stage and we drank the entire bottle of whiskey during our set. And pretty big bottle, I'm assuming. Yeah. If it's for the entire band. And it's five gallons. The cool thing was that it's a festival up in the mountains. And so while we were playing, there were droves of humans just coming out of the trees from the hills, like running down to catch us. And they could hear it from a ways away. Very and they were strange. trying to get to us before we stopped. So and creepy. you were watching this happen. Yeah, oh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was amazing. It was kind of creepy. It was <laughs> fun. You, you weren't expecting <laughs> it. Bigfoot came out it of the was, woods. Yeah. It, I mean, it was very kind of walking dead. Just like <laughs> all these people at a festival high on drugs running oh, towards shit. the stage. I think I think we should talk about it, LB. We should tell that story. <sighs> I think you should so, sell this it. Is, this is at the same festival, and we played a great show. But at the time, there was somebody backstage... That wasn't in a band well, eating all the food. And how she got there was because she stole one of our backstage passes from Cameron. From me. No, she stole oh, it from so me. Oh, so from you? Yeah. I blame Cameron. How did that happen? Like, she just randomly stole No, no, no. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Moses so, doesn't seem to want to share this story. So, it seems inappropriate, but it's hilarious. So, how is, uh, yeah. what happened was uh, Jared and I walked over to watch some music the night before we played. And... uh we stopped on the crest of this hill and there were a few other people standing there. And uh, we stopped next to this lady and we're watching the show. And then she looks over and she's like, oh, hi, how are you? And I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, my name's LB. What's your name? And I was like, my name's Moses. And she goes, Moses, my husband's name is Moses. Maybe y'all could double penetrate me. <gasps> and I was so shocked. That's an interesting. Just, just out of the blue. The, the, yep. the, the only thing I could think to do was to reach down and interlace my fingers with Jared's fingers and go, I'm sorry, I'm married. And she was like, <laughs> you guys are married? And I just looked at Jared and he was like, yeah, we're married. And like, he had his wedding ring on. I have a tattoo where my wedding ring is. Yeah. And so it was like, yep, we're married. And she was just like, I don't believe it. And it was like, yep, we're married. But she followed us around the rest of the night and basically tortured the band oh with her gosh. presence. She was just this... Just because she wanted you to double penetrate. No, no, it wasn't no. even that. It was just that she was just kind of insane. And it, it got to a point of where, like, I don't know what she was on, but she was all over the place. And she was trying to seduce any member of the band she could. And, of course, no one would take her up on it. <laughs> everyone everyone like, was please, no. Everyone please. was terrified. She went after Cameron, and Cameron lied and was just like, I'm 17. And she was like, oh, okay, stay away from you. And then at a certain point, she was like, I'm uncomfortable and reached down in her skirt and tried to pull her panties off upward. She gave herself away. And she then she was like, Moses, cut my panties off. And like, we're rolling on the ground laughing at this woman. <laughs> so, wow. so I'm like, okay. And I get my pocket knife and I grab them and I, and I'm trying to like pull them tight so that I can cut them. And she's like, oh, don't yank on them. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And finally get him off she throws him in the fire and then cameron walks over and puts a marshmallow on a stick and roasts that marshmallow over top of her panties and eats it this is how you know that we love each other as a band because nobody told nobody him. told we him that that's where the panties were burning he like, didn't realize oh man i gotta hang out with you guys <laughs> and then, but then but then canyon 
at a certain point I turned to Kenya and I was like, we have got to get rid of this woman. Yeah. Like she's, she was tormenting us. It's like a funny story to tell now, but at the time we were horrified. And she didn't track yeah. you down like on social media oh, or no. Facebook. Oh, no. LB, if you're know. out there, please yeah, we'd contact like, us. We'd like to make we, a documentary. We, we want to have more nightmare fuel. So, yeah. so Canyon <laughs> pulled her away from us and and managed to walk her out in the middle of the campground and then run back and kind of okay so what happened i was like hey let's go listen to music and she's like okay i love music (laughs) lb's gonna get you and so i wandered into the main main stage where all the crowd was and then as soon as it got like super busy ducked down and ran away Oh. That's kind of hilarious. It's, like it was that, awesome. that worked. It was the, the safest that that thing, and it was actually we're we're always really nice. We're nice people. Yeah, you guys are. Do you ever have like? I mean, that's obviously kind of a weird, that borderline was, scary situation because people are crazy. Oh. Like, do you, I mean, have you had other experiences with like crazy fans? Uh, is that is that bad yeah. to ask? Should I no, not ask no, that? No. The easiest uh, way trying to get, get rid of it out of their memories <laughs> and out of their thoughts. The easiest way to get rid of a band stalker is to stalk them back. So. Yeah. So, you know, if you have someone that's stalking you, just date them and then they'll figure it out and stop yeah. hanging around. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've really had anyone that was too scary that has followed us around or anything. Uh, Kenyon had a knife pulled on him and was nearly stabbed in that's Butte, true. Montana. Oh, wow. For what reason? You can't just, just say because that. Because I was there. Be- crazy guys Butte. on meth. Because that's yeah. what Butte does. Yeah. That's how Butte do. <laughs> they didn't like your, you know, your attitude. They well, like your we smile. played a great show, and I guess he thought that I was hitting on his his wife or a girlfriend, but I have no idea what he's talking about. Follow me outside. There's this sidewalk and a big rock embankment going down the hill. Motherfucker pulled a knife on me, and I was I was pretty drunk. I didn't have any reaction except for it. I kicked him. I kicked him <laughs> down off the sidewalk and down this whole rock embankment. <laughs> And then I looked at Jared and I was like, let's run. And he's like, yep. And we like, we ran away. <laughs> like He was probably really hurt. It was probably 50 feet of rocks. I don't know. I mean, it's that's the one of the downsides that you don't hear a lot about is that yeah. we're frequently around extremely inebriated people. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it doesn't always change, go man, awesome. When they get yeah. drunk, man, people yeah. change. I am usually those people. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to be on the same level as our fans. <laughs> what would you? We get listeners just to kind of change a little bit of the direction here. Yeah, people that are moving to Salt Lake, right? Uh-huh. And say they want to get involved in the music scene. What direction? Like, how would they? Where's some good first steps to uh, find like people to play music uh, the with? First or? thing I would tell anyone is a go to shows at diabolical or the underground little all ages places in town that are fantastic places to see a social club would be awesome but twice a year usually sometimes just once a year diabolical records does a program called bandemonium and you show up and you write your name on a piece of paper and your contact info and they throw that in a bucket and they stir it up and at the end of the night they divvy that out into groups and you are now in a band with the rest of your group and you have two weeks to come up with a 25 minute set. Now there's no checking to see if you play an instrument or what instrument you play. So you might get, you might not play an instrument and get put with a bunch of people who know how to play instruments. You might get put with a bunch of other people who don't know how to play instruments. I mean, you have no idea. You might end up with five guitarists like it's, and then it becomes like, okay, well, who thinks that they can play the drums? Who thinks that they can do this? And so then after two weeks, there's a show. And all these bands have their band name <laughs> it's and awesome. they do like a, 
a two hour show and a bunch of these bands do these 25 minute sets and it's extremely creative. It is such a special thing to be a part of. I, I think anyone should do it, whether you play an instrument or not. It's such a fantastic thing to be a part of. And, and I imagine you both do, do you get out and play or no? I've done, I've done it done a couple it. times. I've watched it. I, if you don't, if you're too scared to do it, just go see the show. There, it's a blast. There's pure imagination running yeah. through every one of those sets. Yeah, Man, I mean, there, I've seen bands there that were just the standard setup of, you know, guitar, bass, drums. And then uh, I've seen bands that were like a hand drum and a harmonium and a harp. Like, like yep. just whatever. Yeah, I'd be like, I got just a whatever. penny whistle and a boron. Yeah. Like, yeah. Band, <laughs> bandemonium is a good place to so start you can, for sure. So you can meet a ton of musicians that way and... Those are great venues to to be a part of. And where'd you say so. that this is at Diabolical? That's at Diabolical yeah. Records, yeah. That's a great record shop. It is. It's way do you, cool. Do you guys have like a, is that one of your favorite pl- like venues to play or where's, where's a place like a favorite Folk Hogan? That place is kind of small for Folk Hogan. I yeah. Guess. I mean, there's six of us. We're all really tall as well. Is that a tough um, question to ask on a local podcast, like a favorite local no, venue I to mean, play? I, I love the Woodshed, but it's been gone for yeah, about four years that's, now. Yeah. That that's was a good venue. A lot of the, Woodshed was like our home base and, and so we're still hard. Right around the corner it. from yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know. Metro has been treating us pretty good since yeah, they moved to their big venue. It's nice. Yeah. So why why Urban Lounge for your CD release? For a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, we like to sell our own tickets uh, for our album releases because it's a lot easier to go up to someone and say, hey, do you want to go to the CD release show? Here's a ticket. You can buy it right now for $5. Then it is to go up and say, do you want to go to the CD release show? Get on our website or buy a ticket at go to Smith, Smith Takes or, or whatever. You know, it's... You're going to get less of those people buying tickets. There's that weird fishly independentness we do. Yeah. And so for us, it, it makes more sense for us to go out and sell tickets. And that's but why for this, you urban know, allows it. And a lot of venues in Salt Lake does do not. We would, we would love to play a larger room, but how many people does urban hold? Like 400, 400. Yeah. I was going to say three or 400 people. Yeah. They, they just decent. changed their bar around. Have you been there since they moved it's, the bar? It's been a minute since I've yeah. been there. So actually. they had like the angled triangle bar yeah. and yeah. now it's against the wall and it's is awesome. It, it's, it's a lot better than oh, it even so was better before. Yeah. For uh, just the general flow of everything. Yeah. I love that. It's place. a great venue. It is. It sounds yeah. so good when there's bodies on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause I'm always impressed. <laughs> bodies. On you guys sell your shows out mostly. Yeah, we or try to. at least to. your release shows. Yeah, or yeah. bigger Our release shows. Yeah, and this I was... mean, what's the secret for there? Just because you're out there hustling and yeah. selling it? Why doesn't every band? Absolutely. Well, well, there's six very handsome men. You know, it's really <laughs> easy to sell when you're magic micing the fuck out of it. <laughs> well, it's really difficult to get out and bust people down to get them to play a show or come to see a show, a local show, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that are just happy to support local bands, but there's a lot of people who, quite frankly, you know, enter- entertainment has changed so much in the last... 10 years that it's like, well, I could pay $5 and see three bands that I don't know, or I could pay $10 a month for Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't have to go anywhere and I can eat a tub of ice cream. It's really changed the game. And I can drink so much that I get in trouble, except I'm not at a bar. So it's like, you, we get it, but it can be difficult to, to get people out to a show sometimes. And one of the things that made Woodshed special was the fact that it was like a neighborhood bar. People didn't go there just for a show. People went there to hang out and meet new people. And it just so happened that they would have awesome bands there play, you know, six nights a week. Yep. So. And reggae jam nights and uh, DJs. Or yeah. Did you guys have a little bit of a contest 
amongst yourself to sell tickets. That that I was curious. Yes, about. like so like because it always seemed like each one of you kind of had your own little angle. I tried so hard to get the band to make a bet, and they refused to do it. Yeah. But I wanted the bet to be whoever sold the most tickets doesn't have to load gear for six months. <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, no, no. we're not going to do it." No. Um, no. So uh, it was just an ego contest, I think. So who and sold the most tickets? Cameron. Cameron. He he works in a retail store. Ah. Uh, he also has a really big family, but he just gets out there and hustles. <laughs> he hustles. Yeah. Blaming it on his won, big family. He, he gets out and hustles. That's Cameron, the bottom. He won by a shot, like quite a bit. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he sold like 16 tickets more than the next person, well, which is pretty good. It's pretty but, good. You know, there's uh, something cool though about being able to buy a ticket from a band, like for sure. directly yeah. from a band member. That's something that yeah. is so unique, and you know, like I've actually never heard of a band doing it that way. Oh, really? Yeah, we just, yeah, we, it's really cool. We we just think that it, I mean, it's more personal. I mean, we're we try to stay as connected as possible to the community that has supported us for so long, and we feel like that's a good way to do it. You know, no band is any better than the crowd that is in front of them. So it's like we feel like we are the best band in the world because we have the best people at our shows. That's why our shows are, you know, $5 when we do album releases, we want, we would rather have the place sold out and have a ton of people having a good time than try to make our money back from recording. And bars probably love you because you sell a boatload of booze because your fans love to drink. Yeah, And most of your songs are about whiskey or a lot of them. Yeah. And and, (laughs) I mean, this, this upcoming release show, uh, Uinta is doing a special beer. No kidding. Uh, they're doing a bourbon baba for us, and they're they're making one firkin of it, so it's a half keg. Uh, we had Wasatch do it for our last show, and it was empty before the opening band went on. So wow. it's a guarantee that we're going to sell a ton of booze. Who's your opening so band for you guys? This show? year, it's Mantis Jackson. Mantis Jackson. And it's sold out. I don't know if we yeah. mentioned that. So if, yeah. if you're listening to this before the show, yeah. unfortunately- what about people that don't show up? You might sell a ticket or two at the door, no? Yes. Or- so in year, the last time we did our album release, there were a few people that ended up not being able to make it and hit us up. And we're like, hey, I've got these three tickets. Okay. I'll leave them at the door. But we didn't have any idea that that was going to happen. So we weren't prepared to deal with it. This time, This time, if that happens, if there's tickets left, we will have them at the door for people to buy so people can still get in. I have no way of guaranteeing that that's going to happen, but if it doesn't happen, just distinct. pinball wizard it and put yeah. your ear against the wall yeah. and hear that <laughs> one guitar. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully people can still get in. Yeah. Go there, um, camp out. Maybe, you know, maybe yeah. buy it. I mean, oh my gosh, let's camp out for our own show just to make it look like there's a line. <laughs> Just with all the gear. That yeah. would actually and we'll be dress amazing. up as Star Wars again. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what are you guys here? Well, we're here for the Folk Hogan show. We heard it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And <laughs> they, do, they, don't, back. they don't realize it's you. Woo, sound check at four. <laughs> yeah. How important, how important is it like social media for bands nowadays? Do you think it's important? Like, has it really helped Folk Hogan? It seems oh, yeah. like it has. Absolutely. It's. Which is kind of difficult. Like I, Hard. I'm not a fan of social media. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. Uh, and our bass player doesn't have any social media whatsoever. And so it's, but I, it's a necessary thing wait, to wait, get wait, people back to up there. Somebody doesn't have social media. He has Snapchat. Yes. So he's got something. Wow. But, Snapchat. But anyway, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. So, so no, yeah, Jared is off the grid, man. Yeah. He's so, got solar panels on his hair. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, the thing that we've, started doing lately is we've started making all these silly little like minute long promo videos for shows which i love by the way thank you oh, good thank yeah. you. very enjoyable uh nick brought up a good point when we finished one once he was like 
it's so much fun to do this because we play music together all the time and we realize like, yeah, okay, like we're musicians. But then we sit down to do one of these videos and we just kind of spitball, come up with an idea and go for it. And Nick's like, it's nice to be reminded that we are creative people, not just musicians. Oddly, those videos are kind of how the first album was made. Like we used to just spitball and there was a lot less pressure. Yeah. And that's why they're so fun and funny, I guess. It's like a great exercise to even keep up with like yeah. you said to remind yourself that you're creative and like somehow come up with new ideas without, without the stress yeah, and of most of those videos we did to. in half an hour yeah huh. and it works really well with our band dynamic because it it's a reminder that you know we have six different opinions that are not hardly ever going to be the same yep. and you have to make concessions someone will come up with an idea in one of these videos and it's just and i'll in my head be like that seems like a stupid idea but it sounds like we're going with it and then as soon as you see it on camera you're like that was brilliant that made yeah. the whole video and it's a great thing to have as part of the band because that happens during songs and you don't you don't think about it as much when someone's like oh, i don't really like that change or i don't really like what's going on right here in the song. Let's change this to this. It can feel like an attack when you're the songwriter because you labored over something to get it a certain way. But we have found overwhelmingly that if we're able to put multiple minds on something, the quality is going to be far better. And also when things do change, after about a week, you you forget why it changed or what even happened. And that's one of the coolest things is, is I'll listen to the first album and be like, oh, I forget that. I had a huge fight about wanting to keep this part and then it's different on the album because the band said it wasn't good and it's so much better now than I ever could have remembered. To this day, I can remember how mad I was when (laughs) everyone wanted to make a change to March of the Drunkards and to this day, I cannot remember what the change was. was. (laughs) So it's like, they were right, clearly. How do you guys, how do you overcome that when, you know, when you really, really want something? Um, Alcohol. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. If if you drink the memory away, then you're just happy the next day. It it does take a lot of humility. Like there, Mm -hmm. there are lots of moments where someone has turned to me and just said like, that that just doesn't work. And it's like, in my head, it works, but I, you have to trust each other as well. You know, like we are fortunate enough to have six skilled people in the band. And a lot of times you need your opinion overweight. I think trust is a good word. You have to swallow your ego sometimes. And we're, a bunch of handsome men, like I said. So there's a lot of confidence happening, but <laughs> yeah. man. But it I'm, sounds like, yeah, you you respect each other's opinions so much that you will come to a consensus over. Yeah. Well, we have you know, to, yeah. or else we never move on. So yeah. I guess. It's why they work so well together. I know. Yeah, you it's know, like I mean, really it's, impressive. I, I mean, mean, more don't people see were that. like you. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of bickering though, right? When you get in the van together. I mean. Surprisingly, I, no. Yeah. Like we don't have, generally when, when there's like an actual like disagreement between people. It's very passive again, aggressive. Yeah. It's super passive aggressive. And then there's, again, there's six of us. So it's like, okay, looks like we're going to split off into two groups. You three are going that way. Us three are going this way. I will way. turn and, this van around yeah, if you and, guys don't and cut so, it out. And so a lot of times there's not so much an approaching the issue directly. It's just something that like no one talks about for a couple of days. And then a couple of days later, someone will be like, or we could just be an asshole. Like Canyon was about that thing the other day. And then everyone's like, Oh, Canyon being an oh, asshole. And then it, Canyon, then, it, then it becomes a joke. So then we deal with it by looking at it through humor and going like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe that was actually kind of a funny situation as opposed to, how I thought it was so very serious. (laughs) What motivates the both of you to keep creating music, right? Like I don't have to, I don't think there's a choice. Yeah. 
We have to. It's, but but it's something's got to motivate you, though, a little bit, right? I'm sure there's days you have no motivation. How do you, I mean, do you just sure. get out and make music or do you just take the day off? So there's definitely been times in the band where one of us is just not into it. One out of six, you know, it, it happens. And there's been times where for some of us, it's been a stretch of time where it's just like, I'm just here because I made an agreement to be here and I don't want to be here. Yeah, I've but, had months where I didn't touch an instrument except for for band practice yeah and it it just it does happen you but, need that time though you need that downtime yeah. sometimes but, but it's it, the thing that keeps us going is like i happen to be fortunate enough that i'm in a band with five of the best dudes i've ever met so it's like okay i might not be so into doing this right now but at least i get to hang out with some cool guys in the end i can't not do it. i can't imagine yeah. walking away and never playing music again or singing yeah. or standing in front of a crowd of screaming people and yeah it's kind of like a limb if it went missing you would always be like yeah oh Oh, yeah absolutely phantom accordion syndrome (laughs) we have a we have a few uh salt lake city questions i'm not sure if we asked them when you guys were on the show before we're gonna we're gonna run down the list here again there's they're they're very uh uh standard questions yeah and i expect a different answer from both of you maybe the same we didn't team up our answers we didn't no If a family or friends are visiting Salt Lake City, right? Say this, say this current weekend, right now, going on. Is there some place you take them, and uh, uh, th- or that you like to a little tour, the Canyon tour, the Moses tour? Where do you, where do you take people? Where I think do you- it absolutely depends on the person. Yeah. If you have your weird Mormon friend from St. Louis coming in, you're probably going to take him to Temple Square. That's but- not your weird Mormon friend. That's your brother. That's most of my. <laughs> that's my brother. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> hi, Brandon. Yeah, you, he'll never listen to this actually. Well, but if you have your hiking friend, you're probably going to, you know, take him to the mountains and leave yeah. him there. Yeah, I think I think Provo Canyon is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Just the wildlife there, the geological formations, like it is just breathtaking there. If Sean Blake came back, where would you take him? Uh, the landfill is out. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably take him to Adobe and then just drop him off. Yeah, you'd probably love that, actually. <laughs> if you could change one or two things about Salt Lake City, what would you what would you change if you could? I mean, living in a theocracy is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I actually read those that question to Rachel and asked her, and she said the Republicans. And I thought about it, and I think that if we changed it so everyone was super liberal, it wouldn't be as fun. I no. think the counterculture fighting against it everything will, around it makes Salt Lake so extreme it's just like the band it's you know uh as many ideas as you can get on something you're more likely to have a good center point that everyone agrees on Mm. yeah sometimes i wonder like if we got rid of this would salt lake or utah would it be the same no like i don't think it it would would. even our silly liquor laws it's kind of like there's something fun about it right like oh we better get to there you know before the holiday and we better go get in line and we better and and when you go out of state it's really fun too because you're like oh really stoked when you're like you can get wine to the grocery store mini bottles is this groceries am i grocery in right now six bottles of liquor what's it like to be treated like an adult yeah Yeah. it's so weird to have a choice i like somebody watching over me and deciding for me though i mean well no that's what jesus is for i would definitely change the air quality (laughs) yeah uh that would be nice it's a good one it's tough because there are standard question you know answers like and it's like yeah of course i want better air and better yeah. you know but uh, what about like favorite local eating spots right place oh. that you like to go eat at one or two i'm sure you got one or two yeah, i oh, gotta man. throw out two i gotta throw out chrome pitcher nuts and murray what is that I've chrome pitcher is like this cute oh, oh, little chrome bar pitcher. okay chrome yeah, pitcher yeah. is amazing yes, yes 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 and also a place i've been eating at 
for years and love it is Duffy's. Duffy's yeah. is just around the corner, but they have such good food. Do you ever spot Bill Murray there? I, dude, he definitely has a picture on the wall. Yeah, they say that we people still see him there, there man. from time what, to time. Really? Or have. They, I, dude, people have gotten pictures with themselves with oh Bill Murray God. there because Bill Murray used to own like the Trappers or something mm-hmm. before yeah. when they were the Trappers, now they're the Bees or something. So he would come yeah. to Salt Lake and hang out, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I hear he's such an asshole. He's still, he still care. owns it. I, I would totally be like, hey, excuse me. And he'd be like, sure, buddy, whatever. And I'd take a picture and he'd look all grumpy. What? I love that. <laughs> Wasn't there a documentary that we watched that yeah, he like, Bill went Murray. to pro- it was like parties Bill, and Bill stuff? Bill Murray stories. Like yeah. people, oh, real yeah, life yeah, stories. Oh, yeah, he did that of- whole thing where he traveled around doing like college parties for yeah. like a month or something. Crazy stuff. He'll like go in and start washing dishes at a party at someone's house. <laughs> I <can> love <laughs> Bill Murray. God damn it. What, what about you, Moses? One or two favorite local oh, eating spots? Uh, Bolt Cutter has become a favorite of mine. It's a little vegan place downtown. I'm not vegan, but. He had to say it. Yeah. It's, well, I want people it's okay that. okay if you are vegan. I though. want people that are not vegan to try it anyways because it is. What kind, what kind of food is it? So uh, it's a mostly Mexican food type menu. Their burritos are fantastic, but they do this buffalo cauliflower that is just, yeah, it's fantastic. So uh, Nick Passy said that he ate there for several months before he realized it was a Mexican restaurant because he only got the buffalo cauliflower. <laughs> I didn't realize I was coming into it. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic food, though. The bolt cutter? I don't think I've even been there, oh, it's man. It's way good. It's way good. Red Rock is also a favorite of mine because it's, you it's know, right around the corner. It's right man. next to where I live. Great, mm-hmm. great uh, Sunday brunch, you know? Yeah. Before we stop recording, first of all, I've had a heck of a conversation with you guys. Aw, it's good to be back. I, no, I, I love having you guys on. <laughs> I love having you guys on the show. Is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about or mention or or something you want to bring up or a shout out? Some, before we stop recording, is there anything? Or maybe not. I think we're just, I'm, I'm, I'm here because. Just hanging out. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I don't really, we don't really even have anything to plug. Well, Unless you want to come see a show let, in let, Europe. Let, well, let's talk about I where people do. can the buy The purpose this. is just to be happy. I'm happy to see you. Do you want to plug the CD? Like where people can sure, buy it? Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. Let's listen. I mean, you can, you can get any of our merch or our music at fullcogan.com. In fact, even though the album doesn't come out till August 31st, if you pre-order it on our website right now, you will get the digital download immediately. So you'll get the album essentially oh. week, weeks early. And then when the album comes out, you will get the physical copy as well. So it just allows you to get the album early. So there's a lot of people out listening to it probably right now. Yes. Yeah. We, we've had a, a tremendous amount of online sales since yeah. we posted everything. I think that was on the first too. Okay. Yeah. And done really the good. show the show is sold out, but we we have tickets for you guys. Okay. <gasps> okay. Very for cool. Yes. Very cool. Thank yeah. you. I'm but so of excited. course. Um, of course. Because we're shameless. And like then that. obviously, I, I mean, people shows, are going to be listening to this after the 31st. They can come to folkhogan.com. Folkhogan.com. You guys yeah. are on Facebook and Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter. Yep. Our music's everywhere, too. We can go yeah. to Amazon if you want and get our album. Yeah. Uh, we even found uh, bootlegged copies of uh, our first album on eBay. No kidding. No way. Yeah. How did, what, what was the thought that ran your mind there? Why? Why would someone do that? <laughs> we don't understand. We, yeah. We've had is it, a is bootleg it merch sold is it just at our shows before. It's way flattering. It's that's like, so cool. Oh, we've gotten to a level where someone thinks they can make money off of us. I, I've always <laughs> said nice. that that's we're cute. not actually famous until someone starts a uh, hate website. Like I hate folkhogan.com. So I'm really waiting for that to happen. So or what, I'm excited. That, you, you go to the nice DI to hate, and you see a Folk Hogan t-shirt. Uh, so I haven't seen that. I have found several of our friends' bands' shot glasses. I have uh, I have uh, Wanagani, who are now a band called Orphans Cabaret. They're fantastic. 
I have one of their old shot glasses that I found at Savers, I think. <laughs> what? Yeah. No way. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. found a I found a monkey knife fight t-shirt at DI. Yeah. They it were was awesome. They monkey was, knife fight was the best. They were like a performance art band here in Salt Lake. Yeah. I guess that's what I'd like to do is I'd like to shout out a lot of awesome bands. Yeah, Mantis yeah. Jackson that's opening for us. Uh, I've told a lot of people this. I've seen a lot of bands that have tried to have two drummers on stage and no one ever pulls it off and it always is terrible. They're the only local band that I've ever seen pull that off. And they don't always have two drummers. Uh, one of their guys kind of cycles through drums, another guitar. He plays a number of instruments, uh, but they're fantastic. We're happy to have them playing with us. Hectic Hobo. They've been our like brother oh, band. brother yeah. band for years and years and years. And we yeah. just absolutely love those guys. Uh, Orphans Cabaret, we love them a ton. Dude, I got Breakfast in Silence, got a big old crush on them lately. Yep. Those guys cake Fantastic ass. band. Baby Girl is still, in my opinion, they're the, good, the yeah. greatest Salt Lake band. Uh, I just, yep. I, they're just good in every possible way. They're good people. They're good musicians. I love their stage show. Oh, love it. And Chris works at Red Rock, so I get to see him all the time. Chrissy has a final it. question that she throws out at you guys, so... Mm-hmm. I'll let her throw that out. Independent answers. Yeah. Can you leave our listeners with one piece of life advice or a motto that you live by? Maybe I'll just quote Bukowski on this one and say, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. (laughs) I, given the struggles I've had in the last year uh, with my voice and stuff, it's just, you got to believe in yourself no matter how hard it is. And no matter how ridiculous it seems to believe in yourself sometimes, like it got to a point where, Canyon and Jared were learning my songs and it looked like my singing days were done. Uh, but I continued to work on it. And because I had the support of my friends and family and the band, I was able to come out of it. But the bottom line is I worked my ass off. And if you want to do something, you can work your ass off. This band started as a joke, you know, like let's start a punk band with an accordion and a mandolin. And we're still a joke. And we're, (laughs) we're still a joke, but it's like, it's, it's almost taken up a third of our lives. Like it's, it's a big deal. It's the biggest thing in my life. You biggest know? thing in my and, life. And it's just come from us believing in ourselves and never being afraid to have a really good time. Many thanks again to Moses and Canyon for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 396. That's for episode 396. And while you're on that website, dig through some of those back episodes. We've been we've been talking to a lot of really cool people here in Salt Lake City. Hey, support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or right online at krcl.org. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, KRCL, Kennedy Botanicals, and Libsyn. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the show notes for this episode. Hey, remember, you can always send us letters, postcards, packages, you know, the old-fashioned way of communication. We have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. If you send us something, we'll talk about it here on the show. You have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.